Hey, this is Drew. And this is Elijah. We're back with the second episode in our new Think Truth podcast. This time we're talking about how thinking helps us to feel more deeply. So last time we discussed the danger of pitting good, solid thinking against emotions. And it's so important that we learn to study deeply in scripture and learn to think deeply about current issues while we listen to God's voice through scripture and life. This time we're going to delve a little deeper into what it means to enjoy deep emotion and good thinking together. So I spoke a bit in the last podcast about how we're afraid of this kind of cold, dead thinking, almost to the point that it seems like it's a plaguing worry. Um, But in my defense of rigorous thinking, I don't think I can emphasize enough that I'm not opposed to emotions. I simply think we need to find this balance between the excesses of the two extremes where we have the intellectualism on the one hand, where we're afraid of this kind of cold, stuffy thinking, which as I'm arguing is actually not much of a problem today. Then on the other hand, we have the emotionalism, where emotions are serving as the foundation of our actions at the expense of careful thinking. So I'm really wanting to make sure that we avoid both excesses, but as we think more, I think we're also going to find that we're able to, to feel more. So we need to be careful with our emotions, and I think that's a clear takeaway from Mm -hmm. last podcast, is that emotions really can be dangerous, especially if they're replacing a solid understanding of Scripture and good thinking about our world. But it's not that we have too much emotion now. No, certainly not. I don't think the issue is that we're feeling too much at all. If anything, we're not feeling enough. But we can't truly experience the full vibrancy of deep emotion if we haven't learned to think deeply. So when people are worried about being emotionally distanced, I am too. Uh, But this is precisely why I I think we need to to learn to think deeply. I think many people just aren't used to this idea that if you think more, you can feel more deeply. How do we rightfully engage our emotions through thinking? I think it often comes through careful study. You know, as we look at the word and meditate, we become more aware of the specific beauty of God's glory. And when I say specific, I, I think of, just, just think about a, a regular relationship and how as we get to know people better, we're able to understand them and appreciate them in ways that we don't if we don't have as well an understanding of how they think and operate as people. And I think it's the same way in a relationship with God. You know, as we understand more of his character, more about his heart for his people, um, and are able to to think through these things as we seek to go on in our Christian lives, we're simply, um, we're going to be able to to feel more. I know that your study isn't a cold and dead affair for you, but I think many of our listeners don't know that about you. What has been your story of growing more intellectually engaged? I find it so rewarding to be able to, to throw my all into um, study, whether that be specifically studying the Bible, um, reading other books, whether, whether or not they are theologically based. Um, it's, a, it's a way for my mind to be put to use. And, you know, I think God intends all of us to be able to, to use what he has given us to our utmost ability and I, I find that um, very rewarding for me. And again, also very emotional. I find as I'm able to, um, 
operate in places I feel God has for me more actively, then my my joy in Him increases, and life just becomes a lot more fulfilling. So, Elijah, what would you say has been helpful to you in thinking and studying um, to to become more emotionally engaged? Yeah, I think one of the key ideas here that we need to keep in mind is that if we want our biblical study and our theology to be something that's transformative instead of something dead, we need to have faith. We got to be convinced that the Bible is authoritative, is from God, is something that God wants to use to change my life if I'm really going to have emotionally rich Bible study times. But as long as we really have this confidence in place, the default is that as we study scripture more, that study is going to result in more excitement and more repentance, more deep emotions, not less. I teach a Sunday school class for 10 to 14-year-old boys, and I've discovered that that need to study every week for those classes has produced not a sort of deadness or coldness in my relationship with the Bible, but it's increased my level of emotional understanding and my picture of the beauty of Scripture and the majesty of Scripture as I study. Just this past week, I was studying the story of Abigail's speech to David as he's coming to bring revenge upon Abigail's household. And I recognized the significance of this story in some ways for the first time this week as I realized how Abigail was pointing David back to the fact that God was going to be the one to win his battles for him. God was going to be the one to bring him finally to his kingship. It wasn't going to be his own hand that could save him. And she reminds him of the story um, of Goliath, hinting at it in, in ways that I hadn't realized before. And so I found myself very emotionally engaged with the story. And I found that I connected very well with it this week. And the study of scripture is only cold and dead for me when I approach it half-heartedly and I'm not thinking well. So Elijah, I'm hearing what you say and I'm connecting with it myself. You know, this little story you give about how preparing this Bible lesson really helped you. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid people are going to hear this and think, you know, well, you know, that's, that's just Elijah. You know, he and Drew, they really like to, to write they like to speak. They're good with words. Um, what if someone doesn't feel that way? What if someone doesn't really feel like they have this bent to, to want to express themselves through words like this? And h- how can this be something that's meaningful for, for others who don't have this just real bent towards wanting to, to be engaged in that way? Is there any, what do you say? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I know a lot of people myself who feel like reading, studying, thinking, they just aren't categories of life that they excel at. And I wonder, is that just the way it is? Or should we be trying harder in our culture to develop thinking skills in people where that may be lying dormant at this point? So there's two things here, I'd say. The one, yes, I think we need to be doing more to develop these skills. You know, I look at my life and the amount of time I'm spending, say, reading, writing, studying, all of this has gone up substantially in the past couple of years, um, mainly since I quit an office job to go into teaching music, which was also the fulfillment of 
another dream that it went back years. Um, so, I mean, again, I, look, I have to look at my life and say there's a lot of need for people to be encouraged to, to branch out in, in areas of study. And I, I, I see as I made those choices myself, how I came to love it more, to be mo- more emotionally connected with it. And, you know, I think a lot of people that know me today um, view me as someone that just enjoys these things. And I do. And yet there were also some conscious decisions that I had to make that brought me to the point where I am today. So, and that's something I'm passionate about seeing others that, you know, maybe there's someone else today that's say 19, just got out of high school and he isn't sure what he's going to do with his life. And yet, you know, perhaps there are more people that would be really interested in developing talents, maybe even in a more intellectual direction. So that's, that's the one side of it. But on the other hand, um, my point is, is not at all that I think everyone needs to develop a love of writing, reading, and higher education. Thinking more deeply isn't just about something for intellectuals or for people that want to get more education. Right. So I often come back to the greatest commandment as expressed by Christ throughout the Gospels, and that is that we are to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I think the particular beauty of this is that it allows for such a wide range of personal applications because we don't all have the same kind of mind or the same way of connecting with emotions. We all have so many different personalities. And so what God is asking of us is not to measure up to some certain level of intelligence or education. He's asking us to fully commit everything we have. So I think that's where the greatest blessing is found. It's where we are able to, with our own unique quirks and talents and different bents, you know, find how can I, with with the, with the mind God has given me, with the heart and the desires God has given me, how can I most thoroughly throw myself into whatever that is and pursue him um, in a way that engages my whole being? That's what he's asking us to do. So what I think I hear you saying, and I would agree with it, is that although it's not that God views intellectuals as somehow more superior, like they have a, a superior place, um, there's something in thinking carefully that every person can do. Mm. And though we don't all have the same roles, uh, thinking is integral to, to what it means to, to be a Christian. And each person should be a steward of whatever level of skill he has in that area. Uh, but of course, every person has a different role in the church, mm-hmm. even when we're talking about thinking. Right. Not everyone will be that sort of thinker that enjoys writing or debating. Yes, there are certainly people that are not naturally good speakers or writers who have this rare ability to personally connect with people. Perhaps they see individuals that no one else has noticed who are struggling and they're able to reach out and connect and encourage them. It doesn't seem glamorous, but I think at times these, these roles can actually be more important than, than roles people are playing in more public prominent positions. There's other people that are calm and meticulous, that have an eye for detail, and they help bring everyday wisdom to lofty dreams of visionaries. So there are so many different ways of, valid ways of engaging the mind. I agree. What are some of those thinking ways, though, that everyone should be engaging in, regardless of how intellectual they think of themselves? So reading and meditating on the word is going to play a prominent part in the life of any serious Christian. 
regardless of specific talents. No one can say, I'm not really into reading my Bible. I'm just not a reader. I prefer to pray. It's just crazy. There's no place for that. Um, even though there might be some people that find reading more difficult, I mean, look, today we have audio versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we, we simply can't love God without loving his word, since it's the primary source of his revelation to us. We want to care deeply about what he has to say to us. Now, of course, the process of reading the word and of studying is going to look different depending on the person and his or her personality. Definitely. You know, some are going to want to learn Greek or Hebrew. There are some that are going to be fascinated with getting into hours of study on very complex theological issues. But it's not only that. For someone else, it might simply be wanting to lovingly share simple truths in a way that anyone can understand, maybe children. And I I don't think there's any limit to the specific ways this can be carried out. What I do think all these pursuits have in common, though, is a desire to follow the meaning of the word as intended by its initial authors, to be completely saturated in it and to love it deeply. So to recap what we've been saying, we are stressing good thinking precedes rich emotions. Mm. We can feel deeper when we learn to think deeper. We need to be careful not to think of intellectual categories of thinking like reading and writing as being the only categories Mm -hmm. because every person has categories of their life in which they can learn to think better and each of us should carefully steward our resources and abilities so that we can think best and learn to feel deeply as the result of that better thinking. Yes, and for some of you listening to this podcast, it might mean that you need to read more might mean that you need to think about writing more, Um, maybe even just keeping a journal of what what God's doing in your life. These are things, very viable, practical options for people. But I don't want you to just think of that. I want you to think of what would it look like for me if my entire life would be completely dedicated to Christ in a way that actually affected my everyday life and relating to others. And I think as you move in that direction, God will, through his word, start to give you many ideas and insight into just what that will look like for you specifically. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Think Truth Podcast. Coming up, we're going to be talking about Bill Johnson's theology and the charismatic world in general and some things to watch out for there.